Welcome to Love and a romance <laughs> podcast okay. where we don't talk about our feelings. We just talk about romance and other people's feelings. Wow, that's, <laughs> that's kind of depressing. Where well, did that come we decided from? we're not going to ask how are you at the beginning of the episode because it's too bland. So, okay, well, <laughs> I think Therefore, last time we were I trying... don't want to know how you are. Romance. I think last Let's time go. I was just trying to like have some variety. No. But you just don't care about my feelings. Okay. <laughs> well, on to review corner. Go, Caitlin. That oh, I'm fast. Kristen. You're Caitlin. Let's do it. Okay. Before we get into that, this is Feel the Love Friday, where we talk about random shit involving romance. I like how <laughs> at the beginning of our podcast journey, you did not like me saying I know. I phrase, just realized that. This is a mixed bag. And I was just saying, no, that's where we shoot the shit. And you're like, no, no, no. Poo poo. No, we're several episodes in now and beyond it. Yeah, so now it's just a bag of shit. Okay, so today. <laughs> okay. Harsh. Um, okay, let's start off with Review Corner, which is all me today. Okay. You're so fed up with me today. No, you have the rest of the episode. I only have this. This is all I have. Okay, ready? Disappointed. Pretty good name for a two-star review. Instead of a good rom-com with a little mystery thrown in, what you get is a soft porn with a little S&M. <laughs> and uh, what do you have to say about this, Kristen? So this is the book that I read, right? Yes. Okay. Well, maybe I've read a lot of raunchy shit, but this book barely qualifies as <laughs> S&M. It wasn't that sexy. I mean, it was, but it's like pretty low level. Pretty tame. Pretty tame, mm. but maybe I just have a high tolerance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this book doesn't have a sexy shirtless man on the cover. It's a cartoonish cover, so maybe they just weren't anticipating any steam. Yes, but if you have paid attention at all to that author... No, no, I know. I, you no, would that's know. 100% fair. That author only does steam and dirty talk. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, the second review. Titled, Didn't Make It Past the f Second Chapter. To be fair, I also didn't make it past the second chapter of this book. For the same reason? No, for different reasons. Okay. It's just really bad. Okay, I'm sure... <laughs> I'm sure if I'd kept reading, I would have discovered all of Sarah's daddy issues. Daddy's capitalized, by the way. Uh, and why it's okay that she's such a stone-cold bitch, but I had just had no desire to. <laughs> well, that's a strong opinion. I did like this book, but to be fair, I started it once, stopped it probably around the second chapter. Yeah. Not for that reason. Yeah. And then reread it again. I started it, stopped it, restarted it, and just still restarted it. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't do it. Okay. Well, she is kind of a bitch, but so is he. But there's always reasons. It's like backstory. But this reviewer doesn't care. Doesn't care. Doesn't give a shit about their reasons. Maybe they don't have time. Okay. What did we read this week? So first of all, you actually have two things to share this week, and I have two. So why don't we alternate? Yeah, you go first. Because I'm sure people get tired of me talking. Never. How could they? <laughs> it doesn't happen. It's the whole purpose of the podcast, just to hear my the sound of my own voice. Josh and I talk about that a lot. What? <laughs> that you just do this podcast because you like hearing the sound of your own voice. Oh, 100%. <laughs> also because I don't, I sound different when yeah. I listen to myself than I sound in my head. But I also read that that is a thing because the way your brain filters your own voice is at like an octave or two lower. Hmm. So your voice will sound lower in your own head than it actually is. I just think I sound like a creaking door every time I speak. That is the oddest. Yeah, that's how I feel. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, what we read this week. I did a reread of Misbehave by Charlie Rose. It's a male-female contemporary romance. Have you read this one? I 
don't think so. You're reading my summary right well, now. Well, I thought that I ha- – it sounds familiar, but You've now You've read some of it. her others. I think Maybe you that's read why. Bad Habits. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad Habits. I yeah, read two yeah. of that series. Okay, yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is the same author. This okay. is not from a series, though. So Misbehaved is a taboo romance, FYI, high school, senior, and teacher. Oh, boy. Okay. 18? Which, yes, 18. Okay. I am a big sucker for many types of taboo romance and definitely the student teacher, and I've read a lot of different types. This book is one of my favorite, and it totally held up on the reread, and I'm really happy I, I spent the time this week. Is it truly an age gap, or are they close in age? I think he is... 11 years older so he's so yes so yes yes he's 29 and she's 18 so the characters we have remington who goes by remy she's our female main character she's 18 the story takes place in las vegas or in the suburbs of las vegas and she happens to live in a pretty poor area she lives in what is essentially a trailer a mobile home trailer park and her dad is always on the road he's a trucker he's barely around and she lives with her stepbrother, who is, I think, six years older than her. You don't get too much backstory on her, uh, on the relationship, but you come to understand that they grew up very close. He has been someone who has taken care of her and looked out for her. His mom used to be married to Remy's dad, but the mom became a druggie and left or something and left her son. So the stepbrother has always been close with Remy, but as he's growing older, he's getting into some shady shit, and he starts to have a sort of unhealthy obsession with his stepsister. Remy is not into this, but she also loves her stepbrother because they've had such an amazing relationship growing up. Separately, we have Pierce, or Mr. James, is our 29-year-old high school teacher. Wait, his name is Pierce James? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you have problems already. Well, I just think it should be it should be the other way, but that's fine. I ironically read another student teacher romance this week. It was college, but his name was Mr. Pierce. <laughs> Something about the name Pierce just yeah. speaks teacher, I guess. Well, I think it, it's giving me Pierce Brosnan vibes. That's what I'm getting okay. right, right now. Yeah, okay. I'm down with that age. Yeah, that works. I mean, I could it's see great. him as like a sexy teacher. Yeah, totally. Yeah. This James Bond era or, yeah, yeah definitely. Okay, so Mr. James Pierce is a, a speech and debate teacher at a private high school. Remy has somehow gotten the funds together through her father to attend this private high school in the outskirts of Las Vegas for her senior year. She happens to be a brilliant student. She's very, very smart. She's in all AP classes, and it is her sole mission to get the fuck out of her neighborhood and like make waves for herself and be independent and not have to worry about money and not fall into the path that a lot of people in the neighborhood where she lives has fallen into, including, mm-hmm. unfortunately, her stepbrother seems to be heading in a bad direction. Mm-hmm. The new high school is pretty far away, so she either has to take a bus or her stepbrother has to drive her on his motorcycle, but she doesn't really fit in at her new school. She can't even afford the Oxford shoes she has to wear. There's a uniform. But she also doesn't give a shit what anyone else thinks. I really liked Remy. She is very funny, very brash, very outspoken, doesn't take anyone's shit. She was kind of bullied at her previous school because people always felt like she looked too close to her stepbrother and they would call her bad names. And 
she didn't care and now she's in a new school and she equally doesn't care about anyone talking about her calling her white trash or anything she's just like fuck you guys i'm here to get a degree and go to college and hopefully get a scholarship and get the hell out Mm -hmm. so her and pierce don't hit it off right away because she kind of talks back to him in class he is your quintessential sexy male teacher that all of the students lust after Pierce also has a backstory, which I won't completely divulge, but he actually has some kind of connection to Remy through Remy's family that you you come to learn. And so the initial interest that Pierce has in Remy is because of this connection. Hmm. He is, Does she know about it? No, she doesn't know about it. But he is in Las Vegas for, for one reason only, and it really has to do with this connection that, hmm. that he doesn't know Remy, though, before she walks in his door. And so he takes an interest in her because of this, but then separately, he also finds himself attracted to her. She is very outspoken towards him. They just, they have a lot of banter and fighting. And she's not like, she's not like other girls. She's not like other students. And she kind of has set herself apart. Mm -hmm. In addition, her attitude of just kind of walking around like, I don't give a shit what anyone says about me is really unlike every other high school girl who is very self-conscious. So... It's a great book. It's it's a bit angsty. It's very, very sexy. I think when you have a student-teacher relationship, I've seen books do it where the student is kind of timid and passive and naive. And those kind of stories, I just don't, I don't like them as much. But I think this story does it really well because Remy is such a strong, independent character that, I don't know, maybe it makes the whole thing seem less icky. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, there's a very fine line in all these yeah, books. Yeah, I mean, that's why it's taboo. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But I, I just highly recommend it. It's, you know, he also has a lot of misjudgments about Remy, and there's a little bit of groveling, and we know I love that. It's so great. Everyone loves a good grovel. Everyone loves a good grovel, yeah. So, I don't know. You should definitely pick it up. It's on Kindle Unlimited. Good. Yeah. Great. I probably will. I liked her other work. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I didn't. I don't have nearly as many notes about my books, but here we go. So I read Hold by Claire Kent. Last week, we talked about two Claire Kent books in our Apocalypse episode. And you mentioned Hold, actually. Yes. And a Prison Planet book. And, and a few episodes ago, I think of Field of Love Friday, or maybe it was a thematic, I asked you if you read any other Prison Planet books. I forget that was you read. That's really that was the Apocalypse episode. I I'm telling, my, give it, I'm telling the story right now. Oh, okay. Literally, <laughs> I understand now. Okay. I remember this entire <laughs> conversation. Also, okay. if I forgot it, it's literally recorded on the internet, so I could... I could read this. Okay, go. Uh, okay. So, during that episode, <laughs> you mentioned Hold as another prison planet romance. Mm-hmm. And I was needing something that was actually well-written, so I pulled it up. And it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. So, Hold is by Claire Kent. It is a male-female prison planet romance. These are both humans. It's not an alien romance. The main characters are Rihanna and Kane. And Rihanna has done some like minor crime she i forget what she oh she's an archaeologist and she's digging on some grounds slightly outside of where she was allowed to dig and so they arrest her and in this universe instead of putting you in a prison like putting you on trial no matter what the crime is you get like dropped onto a barbaric planet or you get put into a prison planet where there's literally a prison in this case it's under the ocean because the whole planet is ocean and so there's just a prison down there, and they just drop you in with, like, all the murderers and the rapists and, like... Have fun. But currently, yeah, there's, like... There you go. go for it. Rest of your life. And she is a, like, reasonably attractive young woman. So when she gets dropped in, the guards tell her... One of the guards says, find the strongest man, and 
have him protect you and like you know so trade your Barter. trade your assets for his protection her assets. so her assets yeah so she gets into the prison super terrified she's i mean she's a badass you kind of have to be to survive in this environment she knows self-defense so you know somebody gropes her immediately and she like breaks his nose or something but she notices that there's one guy that's protecting a lot of women and he seems really smarmy and at first she thinks she should go to him because clearly he can protect people and then she notices there's this other guy who's on his own in his own cell he's the only one who has a locked cell and a bathroom and he's apparently been alone for the last year doesn't even tell anyone his name and she says i want that one so she makes eye contact with him makes it clear that she wants to trade with him and then he comes and takes her away from everybody else so they do the steam does start really early because it's a it's a physical fast burn but and the guy is kane our male main yes the main, main character is kane. the, the he's, silent he's, brooding yes, protector who's clearly working on an exit strategy from the prison and she gets roped, roped into that so yeah their romance was super cute because he's very quiet and silent and it's all told from a perspective and then you sort of start to see how he feels about things and, and how he cares about her. And it's, it was really cute. Yeah. Really You're making well me want to reread this because I read it a while ago, but I loved it so much. Yeah. Clearcon's just so good. Everything so good. of hers that I've read, I love. Uh, side note, last week on Apocalypse, I did mention that the her Kindled series, they were going to release a new book uh, after Haven. Yeah. So the next one is out. I think it's called Princess. And Ooh. it's been got, getting rave reviews. So okay. this is a second Thank novella you. in her Kindled series that is an apocalyptic romance novella and it's supposed to be very good it's on my list okay next book i read for this week it's very different from the other one i read it's called long shot by kennedy ryan it's part of her hoop series it's the first book it's a male female sports contemporary Hmm. it is a very heavy read i wouldn't qualify this as dark romance but trigger warning for sexual and physical abuse on the page The story takes place between Iris and August. Iris is, I think, about to finish college as the story starts. She is very into sports. In fact, our hero, August, first spots her at a a bar watching a basketball game, and she's, like, yelling at the screen and telling the ref what he's doing wrong, and she seems to know everything. August is actually an up-and-coming, likely NBA player. He is about to be in a draft, and it's the night he meets Iris is the night before sort of the big game that will set him up for how he might be drafted in the NBA. So he's very nervous for the game, but then gets to talking to Iris, and they really head it off. She also knows who he is because he's Mm. been in this college circuit. And I think, you know, when you're really good at a sport, even from a young age, people know who you are. And sort of, especially in like professional sports, I think there's all these bets about like who will be in the draft and what what rank they'll be. And... I've heard tell of such things. Yes, me too, as someone who doesn't watch mm-hmm. any sports. So they get to talking and she doesn't fawn all over him like other people. I mean, often as we see in these romances, right, the, the heroine that the hero is attracted to is someone that just treats him like a regular person. Mm-hmm. So they really make a connection and August is really excited to meet her, but by the end of the night, after they spent the whole night talking, he finds out that she has a boyfriend. And he's like, well, fuck my life. Okay. He goes the next day to play his game. It works out great. He happens to see Iris at the game, and he is so excited to see her, but he's confused. And then he finds out that his 
nemesis on the court, someone who he has been playing against and with since middle school or however long they've sort of been, you know, on this fast track professional basketball train uh, is dating Iris and they have been dating for a while. And this guy is a piece of shit. Like I said, this is a trigger warning for sexual and physical abuse on the page. Mm. Iris has a lot of ambition. She wants to be a sports agent, but she very quickly finds herself being swept away in a relationship that she's already in, but that it increasingly becomes abusive and goes downhill. It's very good. I thought it was very well done. I have never been in an abusive relationship, but I I think it, it came off the page very authentic to me, especially sort of the, the thought process, the emotions she goes through. But over these years, she kind of keeps running into August and their relationship ends up developing hmm. even while she's sort of trapped in this other situation. So how much of the book is actually their relationship versus her being in this other relationship? It's... I mean, I won't say exactly when she gets herself out of this relationship, but it's not all the way at the end of the book. Okay. Like, she gets herself out of that relationship before the end. They do have a period where it's just them, but it's also about them sort of building this along the way. And, I I mean, obviously you want the characters on the page together, not just possible, but there was a real excitement sort of as they start to find themselves in similar circles again, similar places of, yeah. you know, oh my gosh, I'm going to... I think she's going to be there. I'm going to plan to be there. I really want to see her. Or she's mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing him. And it's it's secretive, but it's also just they clearly have a great connection and a really solid connection. And he really supports what she wants to do. And she, he kind of doesn't understand because she doesn't divulge the abuse why she's chosen the path that she's chosen. When he first met her, she didn't seem to want that. Mm-hmm. It's a really heavy read. It's really, really good. I, I really recommend it. I mm. think Kennedy Ryan's a great writer. Yeah. Did she write The Kingmaker? Yeah. She wrote The Kingmaker <gasps> duet, which is also very, very good. I read the first one of that. Yeah. That yeah. was good. Okay. Yep. Cool. And she also, has, you know, her heroine and her hero are people of color, which it just needs to be more in romance. The Kingmaker also, the yeah. heroine there was a person of color. I think yeah. she was Native American yeah. or of Native American descent. So it's, it's just good to see that. I also rarely yeah. see a basketball romance, I feel like. Yeah. I, I see hockey or football. Yeah, I haven't read any basketball yeah. romance. That's cool. I'm going to check it out. Okay, so the other book I read is All the Little Things by Rachel Lee. This is a brother's best friend romance. And I was trying to think about, I really like that trope. I love that trope. Yeah, but I was trying to think about why. And I think it's because our brother's kind of a shit. And we could never, <laughs> we would never date one of our like somebody who's friends with their that brother n- has never <laughs> factored into my thought process no, no, even way on the back end i just no I, but i was trying to think about it for today because i knew i was going to talk about this book and i was trying to think about why i like these and i i, I think it's because it's so fantastical to me because i've never had <laughs> no but it's both it's both parts right like one obviously we don't i would never date somebody that our brother was no. friends with because he'd also be a shit but two the brothers in these very books, open about our family life on this he's podcast. He's never fucking going to listen to this in a hundred <laughs> years, ever, never. Neither, sure. neither will dad ever. So say whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. Uh, <laughs> just realized his wife might listen to this. <laughs> Sarah knows. You know Sarah. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, so oh, man. Okay, <laughs> this is going a lot of ways. Let me just. You like the trope. Second reason is because. 
in these books, the brother is always really supportive and protective and yes. close. And I've never had that with a brother. And I love that idea. It's just so comforting to me to read a book where the brother and sister have this kind of like really warm, even if it's antagonistic at times, like we can be too. It's this really warm, protective older brother thing that I really wish we had had with our brother. Yeah, you make a really good point. I I really enjoy that too, actually, now that I sort of put words to it yeah yeah i don't even think it was in my subconscious before but yeah thinking about it i think that is why i also just really like the the taboo i mean it's a much less taboo element but i love how in all of these brother brother it's like we could never because i'm friends with your brother i'm like doesn't that make it perfect what do you why (laughs) that's even better you're already friends with the fucking family well it's usually that the the best the brother's best friend though is like from the wrong side of the oh well and that's the case here too Yeah, yeah yeah so let me back up Kit and Riker are the main characters in this book. Kit is, it starts when she's 14 and Riker is 16. He's only two years older than she is. And he's best friends with her brother, obviously. And it goes through when she's 18 and he's 20. So it's over the course of four years. Most of it a YA? No, it's steamy. Most of it takes place when she's 18 and he's 20. But you see some of the background when she's, so Kit has a heart condition. She basically needs a new heart by the end of the book effectively i don't really remember exactly what's some valve issues or something so she's had to quit cheerleading at age 13 or 14 she's can't really do crazy athletic stuff uh she's had a few scares where she's passed out and had to go like have the heart have her heart restarted at the hospital so that's going on for her Riker comes from a rough family his dad is a drug addict and then when he's 18 and kids 16 some shit goes down and he ends up leaving and not saying anything to Kit for two years. <clears throat> and she's always had a crush on him. And then when he leaves, she feels like he totally abandoned her like her mom did when she was young. And she's really mad at him. So the the present day part of the story happens over the course of a week when Kit has to be home and her brother brings Riker over to basically house sit with her because she they don't want her to be alone with her heart condition for a week because if something happens they want somebody there so they bring him over so it was like a pseudo babysitter for her (laughs) even though she's 18 and obviously things you know after she gets over being mad at him for ignoring her for two years things start to heat up and they they find each other so this has given me walk to remember vibes a little bit just in sort of the the sick heroine and the boy from the mm-hmm, wrong side of the mm-hmm, tracks. Mm-hmm. I will say that I... Also, the soundtrack is there amazing. Was, um, yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that soundtrack so is great. Yeah, I will say that I there was a twist at the end of this book, and I was fucking sobbing. And I was... It came out of nowhere. Were. It came out of nowhere. It's still happy ending, though, right? Yes. But I was just like, damn, you had to go there. You really okay. had to go there. Well, I, you said brother's best friend and steam. I'm, I'm going to read yeah. that. That's all I need. Yeah. And I know it must be decently written because you've read yeah. it. Yeah. And so. there's and there's, and there's there's a couple of good, you know, stick it to the shitty people in the book moments that I really Love enjoyed. That. Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my books. Awesome. I think we had a good set this week. Yeah, we did. A lot of variety. Okay. Quick, very quick news and updates before we get to the main event, which I'm super excited for. What came out earlier this month? So last week, I just have two things to mention here. Last week, Misfit by L. Kennedy came out. It's, it came out on July 26th. It's a male-female young adult romance. L. Kennedy wrote The Deal and that whole off-campus series. She's also written a couple 
related series. I don't know that I've ever read one of her young adults or if she has done a young adult, but I just, I love her stuff. So I'll probably pick this up anyway, even though young adult tends not to be my primary romance category. Next week on August 2nd, the sequel to Boyfriend Material is coming out. It's called Husband Material. It's by Alexis Hall. It's a male-male contemporary romance. Have you read the first one? No, that's why I was confused about which one was coming okay. out. I haven't okay. read Boyfriend Material yet. Boyfriend Material is fantastic. Husband Material is a sequel. It's very exciting. So have to drop that. Okay, on to the main event. Caitlin. You know how you have an unfinished basement? <laughs> I don't like where this is going. <laughs> Answer the question. You need to. to I do have bit. an okay. I do have an unfinished basement. I know what you can do with it. Do you want to know what can I do with it, Kristen? You can build your very own sex room. I think it would be a sex dungeon at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you why it might not be. Okay, there is a new show on Netflix. It's called How to Build a Sex Room. I'm going to paint a picture for you, okay? Sex picture? Yeah, yeah, there will be some of that. Okay, here you go. Imagine before you, on the screen, an old British woman with cropped white hair. Like British Bake Off? Yeah, like okay. proper, like wearing like lots of grandmothery things, like bright colors and lots of appliques and like oversized blazers, okay? Okay. And she sits down with a couple and it's just like any other HGTV special where they're like, you want to design a room? What's your inspiration? We want to make this room all about you and it has to reflect you. So it's all of that, except instead of, hey, this credenza would look great here, or we're going to put some nice stainless steel hooks on the wall. Actually, we're going to put brass hooks on the wall, and they're not actually hooks. They're shaped like golden dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of a credenza, it's a St. Andrew's cross. Also, there's a bunch of whips over there. Welcome to How to Build a Sex Room on Netflix. Okay. That was a great introduction. You Thank should get you. A, you should change your job. <laughs> this show is fucking amazing. It might be my favorite thing that has ever shown up on Netflix. Also, I think on our first Feel the Love Friday or second, we talked about the principles of pleasure on mm -hmm, Netflix. Mm -hmm. And can I just say, I feel so happy that there's just an influx of sex positive shows coming on TV and streaming mm -hmm. lately not only just uh, opening up about sex but about toys and like finding what pleasures you and just doing your own thing and be getting comfortable with yourself and comfortable in your relationship I just I really support the whole movement anyway but like I said this this show literally is though like HGTV which I don't watch a ton of but did you used to watch Trading Spaces oh yeah I remember like all way a back a long time ago Man, that was like the OG. Let's not do a trading sex rooms though. That seems no, like no, enough. don't do that. You don't want to design it for someone else. But so the setup is the same. So it feels just like any other home remodel show, except like I said, instead of this paint color and this chandelier, it's like here's where your clitoral stimulators go, oh and you know this is where you put the spanking bench. Wait, hold on, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Is this British woman? really knowledgeable about this stuff yes. or is she just like i just want to learn from you guys nope oh she is an expert a sexpert a sexpert mm. you might say melanie rose also what an awesome british grandmother name hello melanie rose is a grandmother with a dirty ass mouth okay and she's an <laughs> interior designer she has a british accent she meets with couples and 
or in one case, there's actually a polyamorous family. So she meets with persons on this show and she helps them design their own sex room. So basically they present her with a space. Some people have a very small space. Some people have an entire basement. Some people don't have any space and she's had to build them like an outdoor sex shed, which hello, maybe that's what I should do in my backyard instead of the office. I don't know. She made me, this whole show made me really upset that I only have two drawers of dedicated space. I kind of feel like I'm going to want my own sex room. You will. You will. It's so fun. Okay. Okay. So she meets with these couples and she gets the whole conversation started about, first of all, what's your relationship like? This is very much about sex, but she also really brings in their relationship. So she talks to couples who are really high into kink. One of the first couples she talks to said, we actually do want a dungeon, but we don't want it to feel like dungeony the way you would think of as like a grimy sex dungeon so she builds them like a very sexy sex dungeon that's glitzy and glamoury there's another couple that's not really into kink and they want more like a moulin rouge vibe and so she does lots of like royal colors and i mean there's always like a butt plug or a dildo somewhere (laughs) but naturally naturally but she really ramps it up or down and really customizes it to the couple so she has a bag of little tricks that she brings out she calls it her bag of tricks and she says an important step in the sex room designing process is to figure out what kinks the couple likes and it could be something as small or simple as i don't know mutual masturbation or dominatrix right and being a femdom or something like that and so she literally will pull out things and say have you seen one of these this is a butt plug and the couple will be like yeah, I have six. Or they might say, no, I've never seen that before. And so she sort of pushes the boundaries a little bit. But I think she really also helps them explore the possibilities mm-hmm. without being overbearing. Mm-hmm. But she knows about all this stuff. She also brings in a kink coach. So say one couple is kind of been into the dominance of the dominant submissive relationship, and they've done a little bit of it, but they don't know the extent they could take it. She'll bring in a kink coach that shows them, hey, here's some props you might be interested in using. Let's Mm -hmm. practice with them right now, and I'll show you how to use them. The other thing that makes this show like HGTV is, you know in a room remodel show, they have a card that comes up on the screen that says, like, Andrew and Donna want pastels, hate tile. It says, like, the basic, just the the fun bullet points. They have a card here in this show, too. So she'll, like, meet the couple, and then the card will come up on the screen. But instead of, they like pastels, it'll be like, Donna and Andrew want rock and roll dungeon vibes. He likes anal play, spanking, and power dynamics. So it's just, (laughs) and it's very cutesy on this, like, it's, it's just... If you weren't paying attention at all to the show and you just had it on the background, you wouldn't even notice that, I mean, unless you looked over and you're like, oh, that's a dick, uh, a dildo. <laughs> you wouldn't even notice that it's not, like, it's not a seedy show. Yeah. It's completely professional. She's also hilarious. As they're setting up, they have the contractors come in and she'll set up things in the room with them. And then she'll be like, you know what? I should just try this. And so she'll get on one of the benches and she'll be like, yes, this is the right position or she's showing her clients, like, have you ever used a, a little riding crop? You know, you just tap it there. And she'll be like in her British accent, you know, you just tap that pussy. But in British, oh, okay? I love it. She's adorable. But the design process, too, is very much like any other room decoration show or room remodel. 
she will go into a basement space and see a brick wall and be like, I really, we need to preserve this architectural feature right next to the floor to floor to ceiling mirror where you can watch, like you guys can fuck each other and watch. Like she's just, it's so funny how she incorporates these very, I don't know, straight laced design mechanisms. But then she's like, well, we're going to put an epoxy down here. So it's really shiny and it looks like, you know, it has got that sex dungeon vibe. I just, I can't say enough good things about this. She also sees a variety of couples. So young couples that are you know, newly married or newly together. As I said, she has a polyamorous family of six or seven. They have a huge space and they're into some things that even she was, you know, and she will usually explain to the audience, to the, to the viewers, what something is. And the polyamorous group said some things and she just she tells you as a viewer, she's like, you should just Google that. I'm not going to explain it on the show. <laughs> um, but she has a lot of couples who have not been intimate in a long time because mm. they have had kids or they work stressful jobs. She has couples who have never been into kink. She has couples who have women who have never had an orgasm with their partner. And I mean, what? it's really she goes to the entire through the entire spectrum, I feel like, of of different kinds of folks. And I really, really appreciated that. She has heterosexual and homosexual couples she actually said that she finds that the couples that seem to need this the most are the parents yeah there's one couple in particular where she went to their house and they were saying this is our life and there's toys everywhere and we have no personal space and I completely identified with that and so part of part of the sex room philosophy is definitely to bring more physical activity and closeness but beyond that, it is really about rebuilding your relationship. And so there's sort of this overlying layer of her also being very interested in the romance and the love mm-hmm. and kind of facilitating improving that through this process and through helping them explore each other more. Yeah, I was going to ask if it's more, if it's just like, you know, fun, superficial sex room stuff, or if it's more about building that connection between the couple. It, it really like is. It almost sounds like sex therapy a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely is fun, but it's not superficial at all. Hmm. It sounds really It's hilarious. Good. I mean, <laughs> there's a, there's one episode where she invites the couple to think about dirty talk because the woman wants to have some more dirty talk in the bedroom. By the way, I did find that across all the episodes, uh, I would say a larger proportion of the women in the heterosexual relationships were the ones who wanted more sex than the men and they felt mm-hmm. like they were lacking in sex which I just thought was interesting but I know that, you know men and women have different hormonal heights and dips to come with age and I feel like women hit a peak later so that maybe mm-hmm. that makes sense so she, there's this one episode where the woman wants more dirty talk in the bedroom and the guy doesn't really know what to do so Melanie says okay I'm gonna put you guys in sound booths I'm gonna put headphones on you you're not gonna see each other in the hopes that if you're not looking at each other, it takes away some of the sort of hesitation and maybe embarrassment that you might feel. And then she starts to feed them lines just to get them worked up, right? And then she asks the husband, you know, hey, Joe, or whatever her name, his name was, why don't you say what you want to do to Monica? And he goes, well, first I'm going to feed you some fruit. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing all this, right? Except for the last line, which I wrote down in quotes feed you some fruit then I'm gonna draw the fruit all over your body then I'm gonna eat you like fruit 
and I move on down your body, which is the main course. Move down with my hands. Make sure you're properly irrigated. <laughs> I was dying. That is an exact quote, that last part. The wife was like, her face, oh man, and Melanie's face. She's like, we need to do a lot of work. Um, it's, it's such a fun show. It's so funny. I hope they have more seasons. I, awesome. I, it came out of nowhere, too. I had yeah. no yeah, clue I Netflix think, would do something like this. I don't this. feel like they... I mean, I haven't seen really advertisements for any of the sex no. positive sort of reality shows. Well, I feel shows. like Netflix doesn't have a lot of advertise, advertisements, No, but I mean, on, when every time I'm on YouTube, I get Netflix like tra- trailers pop That's up. That's true. Okay. And I'd never see it for any of this stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Everyone should watch the show, though. Cool. That sounds amazing. And I want to watch it. And yes. I, I will do that. One last thing. Funny yeah. thing that I wrote down I forgot to mention. So... What else I felt was really sex positive was that all these couples that came to her, regardless of the level of experience they had or whether they were really comfortable with kink and just sex in general or whether they felt new, none of them seemed really shy or having any embarrassment. In fact, one couple brought Melanie into the room that they wanted to, you know, transform into their sex room. And instead of worrying about being judged for the kinks that they're into because she straight up asks what kinks are you into mm-hmm. do you like anal do you like right. spanking she'll go through that instead of having any judgment about that or embarrassment the couple came in and they were like melanie the carpet is so dirty i'm so sorry it's a mess in here like they were so embarrassed about the state of the room and the next thing you know they're like yeah i think we'd be into anal that could work just i loved it that's awesome yeah i also feel like i'd be more more nervous about a dirty carpet than yeah kinks, totally but totally it's just me everyone should just you know sex positivity sex man. positivity yeah. learn what you like yeah go for experiment. it experiment read the romance books get some ideas try them out at home yeah you'll learn what you like but you also learn what you don't like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the more you know well thanks for explaining that that is amazing and i want to watch it okay well thanks for joining us for another feel the love friday on love and I'm Kristen. And I'm Caitlin. You can reach us at hello at loveandpodcast.com. Please reach out if you've watched this show. Let me know your thoughts. Or if you know any other sex-positive shows that we've missed, please tell us. Mm -hmm. You can also find us on social media at loveandpodcast on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, and that's all we got. We'll see you next week for another thematic. And go love yourselves. Bye, lovers. Bye.